Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show, we have a special guest. We have Barely Legal's producer extraordinaire, Michael Sinclair. He is also a uh, movie director, a music uh, video director, a mixed media guru just all things visual and audio and you, you you've you've got many talents how are you doing good good uh that introduction it reminds me of do you remember the quarterback for the steelers in the late 90s they called him slash because he was he was a black guy and he was okay. a wide receiver so he was a wide receiver he was a, he could run back the ball on the kickoff he played quarterback what's his name i'm trying to remember it i'm drawing a blank yeah on yeah, it, yeah. But, you know that, I, I used to i kind of followed football in the he 90s was with the bus and all them so, right 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm getting old, man. But it's, yeah, Slash, that's, well, I, I have many hats I wear and I love I, it all. I want to call you something else than Slash though. I still want to, <laughs> I, well, so, um. What was the nickname you came up well, with? Well, I like Boots Electric because of your, your, uh, <laughs> your, uh, rollerblading incident, which <laughs> there, so Josh Homme's buddy, who is the lead singer for, uh. Queen? Queens uh, of the Stone Age? Well, Josh Homme's the singer for Queens of the Stone Age, but Eagles of Death Metal, and I'm blanking on his name as well right now, but when he first met him, the guy was on rollerblades, and he nicknamed him Boots Electric, so that's always <laughs> stuck in. And I think I already have the name of this episode in mind, which I'll, maybe I'll work in later, but All right. anyway. So, uh, you went through a period since you were last on the show of kind of laying low, and now you're kind of both feet back in uh i know that my you, boots are electric again your boots are electric <laughs> again um well i mean i we didn't get to talk after you put out tom de george's movie that's fucking on amazon prime which is pretty amazing i don't think yeah. i know anybody else who's put a movie out on, on that, prime. that was symphonic distribution did that for me oh, jorge oh. brera is the nicest guy in the world and, and uh he did that with his company. And have you experienced like reception outside of our circle of people here? Like, has anybody else commented on it? Did it get submitted to any festivals? Is there any that sort of thing going on? Um, I mean, that was right at the beginning of COVID when that happened. Right. So it? it was it was supposed to play at the Gasparilla Film Festival, which oh, got canceled. Well, go. yeah. And I'm kind of peeved with them, and I might burn a bridge here, but. They, uh, I sent them a $60 flash drive because the copy of the documentary was like 100 gigabytes. So it had to be a big flash drive. And they've had it this whole time. I haven't gotten a single email about when I'm going to get my stuff back. If the documentary will be played at the next festival, there's been zero communication on their end. Um, and when that was happening, when, when the festival got canceled, I told them, I'm like, listen, I'm just going to put this documentary on YouTube. We're in the middle of a quarantine. Let's give some people some entertainment. Right. And they're like, oh, that's fine. No problem. And then I haven't heard from them in almost a year now. You know what I mean? So it, Hey, I, I don't know who's running it. It's whatever, but, uh, if it was the music festival together. thing, actually, you know what? I do have a contact there. I, I have somebody I'll call. It's an attorney, it, but it's he's not a big deal. It, I just think in general for other people who submitted films and potentially had sent in their DVDs and flash drives, like get back with these people. Let's get a follow-up email on what the hell is going on with our films that were accepted into the festival. Well, I mean, it's definitely that sort of thing that, makes or breaks these types of ventures if you can't run it efficiently then your likelihood of failure is going to be greater and, and so gasparilla film festival has a long history of being in tampa and being a pretty big deal to locals and stuff but i would hate for the pandemic to kind of tarnish its name with sure. it, you know but everyone was scrambling i get it it was kind of a unique situation but i want my flash drive back guys come on all right <laughs> if you know if the if the listeners out there know how we can get them a flash drive back, let, let me know. But yeah, we haven't talked since then. It's been 
You yeah. So last year you were in here, you're in here with Vetno. Uh and then since then you put out that. Now I don't know if the Steppenwolf uh, the one with uh, Achilles, if that was before or after the that last came out on October 1st, so of that was after 20 of last year. Okay, yeah, I'm getting the years confused. Okay, and everything, man. It's, it's, and, yeah. so to tell me a little bit about that. What was the name of that project? So, yeah, Lonesome Wolf was uh, my interpretation of a Herman Hess novel, Steppenwolf, and uh, I turned it into like a 26 minute short film. Achilles Domestico made music for it that I added as the score. Um, and it's just kind of like a surreal trip kind of flashback thing. It's a writer. I play the writer doing a flashback to when I met this unique character that came into my life. And essentially it's about alcoholism. I mean, okay. that's, that's kind of the, the underlying theme to it, but it's, it's. And was that the, your own experience with that or, or just in general? Like, um, Achilles is a bad influence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, but, uh, it, the book is kind of geared towards a guy trying to figure out if he just wants to be a drunk and kill himself. Um, he like stares at razor blades and thinks that's the way to go and stuff. Or does he want to uh, live life and dance with beautiful women and kind of do this thing? And this book was written in the 40s post or no, in the 30s before World War II Germany. Right. So it's it's got a different vibe to it. But uh, it, it definitely is – I have a drinking problem. You know what I mean? Like it, it, right. it, it's not, I can't deny it. I was a drug addict for years. You know, I, I would tell people I'm sober, but that just meant I wasn't doing pills anymore. I was drinking all the time. Sure. You know, and I've been, I haven't drank all this year. Um, so there, there was a little channeling of, of, of my own demons into that film for sure. Well, you, you have these conversations in your head about these sorts of things, uh, you know, alcoholism, and I'm saying you as in the royal you, not you specifically. But, you know, my experience, uh, as I've spoken about, both my parents struggle with alcoholism. And, you know, I constantly wonder, you know, wh where that's going to land me. You know, how much of it is genetic? How much of it is, you know, experiential? How much of it is whatever? But, you know, it's funny because you, at least in my experience, and I, I this is leading to a question for you, but you can never kind of put it to bed. Like you kind of wonder, you know, how's the rest of this story going to go? Like every day, does has that been your experience or no? Um, so definitely when I was drinking, I had that ex experience, you know, I, I would get drunk every day, uh, 2019. I don't remember barely. I was drinking so many martinis a day. I could, I, it was just all a blur now. Um, but it was like, is this going to be every day the rest of my life? Am I going to live the drunk life? You know what I mean? And that's it, it. You can romanticize that in a bit, you know, like a Tom Waits type character. You know? Oh, for and, sure. And There's any number now, though, too. But but kind of that drunken swagger. OK, I'm going to go out, be drunk, have fun. Is that who I'm going to be? Right. And ultimately, it is an eternal struggle where your your mind knows that's not who you you can't be your best person being the drunk. Right. You know what I mean? And so ultimately, yeah, the, the drunk gets you through life. And, you know, I was a productive drunk and whatnot, and nobody ever really called me out on drinking, but that's not the truest form of yourself. Sure. So that struggle still happens. It, well, the struggle to want to go back to drinking. But my thing is I can't just have one. Yeah. I'm not the one glass of wine guy. I drink the whole bottle. That's yeah. just, that's just how but I am. But does that, does that haunt you on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, or do you, are you able to just kind of create a boundary there and just not even think about it? I, I, I wouldn't say it haunts me. I think it almost more motivates me. Yeah. You know what I mean? To see that like, okay, I I chose not to be the drunk. So now I have to live up to the destiny yeah, I chose I'm gonna for do myself. This, I got to do it all the way. Right, right. 
Uh, now, so there was that. And then, uh, I know that Achilles has a, uh, fucking what, five new albums coming out. And so you're always kind of his, uh, his silent partner in those endeavors. It seems whether it's helping him with the, you know, the vision of what that's, that album's going to look like, or kind of what the, uh, what the, what the muse might be, um, what else have you been working on? I, I I know recently you've been you did a video for Fear the Spider. Yep. So uh, Fear the Spider, a uh, great Tampa Bay band. They got a, a cool post punk kind of rock and roll sound. I listened to them uh, when you had posted Which, about them. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Pacifico, the the lead singer, and and he kind of writes the songs, I believe. Um, super interesting guy. You know, they, he sent me some tracks. He had seen videos I had done, and he wanted one. He wanted to work with me, and he sent me some tracks, and they're just catchy. They're yeah. catchy rock tracks. You yeah. know what I mean? And I thought there's almost like a British accent to it. The, there's a the little singing affliction is, the singing, in the singing, right? For sure. The singing, it's interesting. So uh, the 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 songwriting, the, the band is locked in. Very tight. The, the singing is different for me. It's, it, it you know, it, it, he doesn't sound like anybody else that I, I could pick out right away. Definitely not locally, but yeah. even, even at a bigger scale, it, it is a unique sounding front man. Very kind of staccato and quick and yep. sharp, you know, yeah. Um, and and I, it's a hobby of mine to try and think of who people sound like. And I had, I had a difficulty with that one, but that's a good thing. Band and, was very tight and yeah. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. And, very and cool. They contact me. So I go and, uh, they got a location to shoot the video at this uh, practice studio or whatever. And I meet him and I'm thinking in my head, so what's Jim going to be like? Is this some British guy or something? He comes there, he's wearing his uh, like see-through outfit that's in the video, a little bit of eyeliner on, I think, and stuff. A total character, yeah. the nicest guy in the world. But he, he does have a unique voice, talking voice-wise. I don't know if it's an accent per se. I didn't really get into it with him. Sure. Maybe he'll hear this and reach out to me and let me know, right. or I'll just ask him later. But He's a character. The drummer was a character. I love meeting these bands and everyone is just like, they're just cool dudes. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be in a band, you might as well not be boring. You right, know, a right, lot of these right. people I see and I mean, whatever. I mean, if you want to play music, then play music however you want to play it. But I, you know, I, I like it when people kind of get into it a little bit. Yeah. And kinda... it, it, well, you know, and, and I think people will get into artistry and bands and stuff to kind of show their true colors. You know what I mean? They are trying to express themselves and, and these people express themselves every day not sure. just in their band their characters and what better people to surround yourself with than a bunch of movie characters you know what i mean it makes life interesting now did they reach <laughs> out to you or did you reach out to them they reached out to me after uh seeing vet note videos oh, uh, is that where they got we, it yeah we were supposed to work together last year but then COVID happened so. well it's funny because there's definitely you've kind of got these different facets to the work that you do and the people that you work with at one end you know, there's the Vetno vibe, which is very, you know, depending on how old you are, what reference I'll use, Depeche Mode or, you know, you can get dark wave, synth wave, whatever, whatever the phrases are that are in vogue to use to describe that type of music. But so there's that, there's that. And then with Achilles, they're much more these epic Game of Thrones, Viking <laughs> battle type of videos. But then again, with like the, the Steppenwolf and the stuff that you've done with with uh, Tom, very just kind of indie, you know. Well, there look. goes that, that slash thing again. You well, there you mean? go. Being, yeah, no, being for multifaceted, sure. and you know, yeah, it, you know, Achilles uh, black metal videos uh, to fear the spiders rock stuff. Um, 
Jeremy Gloth. I've done videos for him. I do weddings. I did some portraits last weekend for someone's LinkedIn. Like I have a camera. I'm going to use it any way I can. You're going to paint create. a picture for somebody and use whatever tools yeah, you well, have available. Exactly. To do it. In any, and I remember uh, two years ago at one point I was editing a video for Achilles's uh, black metal, super dark video, and then doing a, a wedding video that was super religious shot in a, a Catholic church Very in South cool. Tampa and stuff. And it was like one day I would do one, the next day I'd do the other. Here's a priest giving uh, the body of Christ to people. Here's Achilles screaming Satan. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it felt like, you know what? I can do fucking anything. I can I can kind of dive into either vibe, I feel like. Well, yeah. I mean, you're a storyteller at, 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 at root. And so you're going to tell that story with whatever paints are put in front of you. Right. And so whether it's a guy in corpse makeup or a, or a, <laughs> yeah. or a bride in wedding makeup, yep, it's, yeah. it's you're going to tell a story. So uh you're you you've done all the vetno videos you did the fear of the spider i know you've are, have you started working on any for achilles that are coming out yet yes i filmed saturday uh a music video in the woods can i please be in one of your videos <laughs> if i have a part i'll be a you, rapper you if, just if, put it you were looking to do a rap video yeah, i miss doing rap videos i love the vibe of them um well it's funny because i uh when i used to be in the barristers building downtown a buddy of mine who now is a director over in la but he uh like his buddy was our front desk person. And they're like, can we borrow your office just so some people that are in the video can change? Cause we're going to shoot it across the street. You know where Yeomans is? The new Yeomans is right there on Morgan or whatever, right there. And I, I don't know where that is. I'm familiar with the street. Though. So it's catty corner to the, it's like the only bar people go to after the lightning games. It's got a bunch of English paraphernalia on okay. it and everything. I, I'm and usually on the hub side. Of they, well, town. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right across the street is this empty park garage. Long story short, they end up shooting this video and like all the women are like naked and all this just crazy. And come to find out they were ball changing in my law office <laughs> on the weekend. I was like, I guess that's kind of cool. It's yeah, different. Yeah. yeah but At the end of the video produced by uh, yeah, such and such law. Office. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Get but, your name on that. So, well, again, uh, but a different direction, but rap videos from metal, from wedding, from indie, you know, it's very much kind of ostentatious. It, but they're on. all, they're all telling a story like you right. said it's always some type of storytelling and it's uh you know so a rap video is kind of more like the john wick of storytelling you know right. what i mean it's kind of an intense flashy type of sure. thing where i'm doing a video for achilles now the blade asserter that i shot saturday it's all shot 120 frames per second slow-mo out in the woods it's ugly black and white it looks like it's shot on film from the 19 as it should be if it's a black man right video. and it's just this chick going crazy it's called lilith the song so it's a female just going crazy in the woods and stuff and uh you know, next I want to do some flashy rap video. Right. It keeps things interesting for me. You know? I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I can't say that I'm super knowledgeable on the local rap scene. Is that something that you're tapped into? I mean, I, I've, I've kind of had things filtered through to me when I talked to Ray Roa or uh, there's a, was a DJ Hurricane or somebody like that. And then I know Elliot's really into that. And, and well, he's got some of those. People. Just going, I was about three years ago, I was a little bit more tapped into it just because Achilles was rapping at the sure. time. It, it was Achilles the Conqueror and he did Viking hip hop, which was uh, <laughs> groundbreaking, I guess, in its own way. Yeah. But um, since then, what's funny is a lot of those people, even three years ago, I don't hear about them anymore. And there's new people. But there are some consistent rappers from this area that you constantly kind of hear about. I know Mike Mass is one of them who has a pretty big name out here. Um, there's certain DJs. DJ Wally Clark has a big following. 
But no, I don't know. the. That's why I put that Facebook post seeing who's a young or who's an up and coming local rapper that wants a free music. What are, I mean, like, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll driving home, I'll see flyers put up like there's some show that's coming up. I saw the flyer the other day and the name. Oh, God, I, I can't. Do you know the venue? Well, this is this is kind of where I was going with that question is the venues are not your normal venues like it's it can be a different a different place than you're used to seeing it, it doesn't me, even have to necessarily be a at, stage or, yeah or anything right yeah doing i mean it sometimes it's a block party or yeah. something you know backyard but uh the name it's funny it stuck out to me and of course i forgot god i need to start taking more <laughs> ginkgo biloba or something my brain is just not working anymore but any event so well it's funny a couple of things you brought up there one is the longevity of of local rap music uh you know you know how? Local bands in general, too, though. Local it, bands it, in general, for sure. But I would say, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'll catch heat for this, but you, you don't have the longevity with that type of music locally that you do with some other people. I, I would think it's because it's so easy to make in the sense that, okay, let's download a beat off SoundCloud. And I'm not saying everyone does this, but you can become a hip-hop artist overnight. Right. You know, And then it can quickly fade out, too. Though. Sure. You have, it's how much you put into it how much you want to go out and do shows and stuff. If you lose your passion, then you're not going to do anything. That's what I think happens more than anything is people kind of, they get into it and then they realize, oh shit, I'm going to have to play Ebor City Clubs for five years right. to be able to fall. Like it's not, it's not an overnight success. Not everyone's a little pump or not everyone's these kids on sound. It, that is so rare. It is, it is a five to 10 year grind. You know what I mean? Mike Mass, he's been on big stations, done everything. He's grinding every day still. You know what I mean? Well, so I had a conversation uh, with Rob Sexton, who's the drummer for Slapper Reality, and he owns uh, Planet Retro over in in St. Pete. And my question to him was, what was the last form of punk music out there? Like, not specifically punk music, but what was the last... Punk as an attitude. As an attitude. And uh, we both pretty quickly arrived at hip-hop rap, you know, kind of after that, there was no more attitude. It was all, you know glossy commercial pop whatever everything and became then, pop in a sense right yeah. and so i would i would love to see and i'm sure it's out there and i just don't know about it i mean i'm really swimming outside of my depth here but if if you changed the the goal or changed the ethos from what how it's historically associated to more of a hardcore or a punk you know a punk rap a hardcore rap but like you know more on social agenda more on that sort of thing i'm sure that's out there i, I just can't name i'm sure it is that I, might I, be i would say the the polar opposite of that but still in the same vein was like takashi 69 where he was he admitted his rap suck and he's just it's all about creating music that people mosh to yeah you know? and i saw well, that was almost like edm in a way or you know it's more of a creating an atmosphere than the right but the vibe he brought and especially if you if you've watched his music videos like gumo and stuff is it's a bunch of they're bloods members but they're mosh pitting yeah and, and then the vibe when he'd be on stage was more of a punk show than a typical hip-hop show you know have you ever and, listened to like death grips or any yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. that's yeah you know, and then uh, who's the one? That's pretty hardcore. Death Grips. I mean, that's not easy listening. It's not <laughs> well. So, but 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 that is a band who a they know they're not ever going to become mainstream or commercial, and they're fine with it. But also, they've been around for yeah 10, 15 yeah. years. Yeah, they start. They almost started that 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 hardcore genre. So my point Grind, exactly is hip hop. Yeah. You may not have the success that you. Uh, might otherwise have but you'll have the longevity yeah. which 
I, you know, maybe it's a trade-off. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But well, it's what did you get into it for? With, right. With any with any endeavor, you know, uh, artistically, did you get in into it to be that next SoundCloud rapper that blows up overnight, or did you get into it because you're an angry kid who wants to yell over a microphone as much as possible? And that's more of a pure form of 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 creating art to me is that angstiness or, or that need to do it for expression rather than notoriety. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I'm ashamed how, I mean, my, my rap knowledge, you know, begins and ends with public enemy, Beastie <laughs> Boys, you know, uh, run DMC, Beastie Boys were punk, NWA, I mean the classics and then i you know i i could i could talk a little bit of magic mike ghetto boys you know all, all that kind of stuff but you know anymore if you have a lil in your name or if your right, face is covered right. in tattoos or any of this shit i just don't have i, I don't have a way to access it or understand it maybe it's just because i'm old, i'm an old white dude and, and that's just the way that it is that you know that's true you are an old white dude yeah. but uh you know i had that that vibe towards uh little peep you know, I I'd never, uh, yeah. I'd never really listened to him, but for some reason I hated him. And then uh, two years ago when I was dealing with some depression and stuff, I listened to a few of his songs and I got hooked to it. Yeah. And I really appreciated his music. And then the documentary came out about him, um, Everybody's Everything, I think it was. And it was, you saw who the kid was for real. And uh, I like his music now. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I remember. I wouldn't give it a ch a, the time of day before, but I, it was the right time and place that I found it. And I was like, okay, I actually like this kid with face tattoos, you know? But if, if I remember his story, now he passed away a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, he dr and, drug overdose. Yeah, right? and he was pills pretty bad, right? Yeah, Which is kind fentanyl. of the drug du jour for that world. Yeah, there was like a string of the SoundCloud rappers that died over two years and he was one of the big names. But well, I've got a client right now. It's funny because I have a client right now that hired me and when he hired me, I could just tell listening to the voice on the phone that this person was not, you know, clear-headed as it were. And um, since that time, they've got rearrested on new charges and... uh I had to right now with COVID, you don't go to the jail. You can do Zoom virtual uh, visits with your client. So it was the first time I had the opportunity to put a face with the voice. And if you took Lil Peep and took Takeshi Six Nine and merged their faces, that's what this guy looks like. I mean, big tattoos on his face, gold teeth, multicolored hair, all this other stuff. And so that SoundCloud rapper, as you're describing it, which is you know still like is pretty is kind of the cutting edge at least by by one version of rap there's there's this weird tandem you know uh relationship with pills you know i i don't know yeah i mean what it, what came first the chicken or the egg in that regard? right well with music industry in general and drugs you know what i mean so you know there's all the forever 27 people who died of heroin overdoses when that was big and yeah then, you know everyone was on coke in the 80s and yeah. you know and with the hip-hop community i know lean was real big the promethazone the the cough syrup you know a bunch of people oh were dying yeah on that. drink or purple yeah, drink yeah yeah, the, the, yeah <laughs> purple drink yeah, yeah that stuff and so you know the, drugs find their way into the arts you know right. what i mean because a lot of these people are hurting right in some way but your client is he uh is he a uh You've met him a few times now. Is he a well-spoken person without the pills? Is he? Do you think that this is an individual that is uh, more than just his face tattoos? Essentially, do I think this is a person? And you don't have to answer that if you don't want. No, to, it's actually. fine. Uh, I, 
So it's an interesting question, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with an answer as I go. But I can tell you that a phenomenon has happened since I've had children. And now I have a girl and a boy. So I see women and men at various points in their lives. Sometimes they're clients. Sometimes they're just people on the street. For instance, uh, I've got a, another case where um, a young kid, uh, no prior record, and uh, he's, I wouldn't say he's getting bullied because he's actively participating in these backyard fights. I, but it seems like it's becoming this thing that young men in high schools do certain is, is they have these beefs and they fight it out and then they videotape it and they post it on Snapchat and they post oh, it on yeah. TikTok. And they, so there's these, I'm watching all these kids and they're, you know, 15, 16, 17, they all have their shirts off. And I mean, they're spindly as hell. Like, I mean, you know, they, none of them have any reason to take their shirt off, but they're all <laughs> taking their shirts off. They're all dropping the N word. They're all saying all this shit. And they're, they're, it's the other thing that's funny is none of them know how to fight. Like I'm watching <laughs> these kids is like, you, no one has ever taught you to throw a punch. No one has ever taught you like any, but they're just full of piss and vinegar. You know, they've, they've, they're angry. They have, Something they're trying to prove, they have something they're trying to get out, and who knows? Maybe some of these kids' dads are beating the shit out of them, or no parents home. So, getting to answer your question, I'm watching this video yesterday, and I'm thinking of my little boy, my three year old, and I'm like, what happens in his life from this sweet little kid that I come home every day and play, you know, toys with, to be in a backyard with his shirt off, throwing punches at each other? So, and and so this is an analysis that I'm always going through, and so with this guy that you're asking me about i'm watching him and i'm it's hard for me to say that you end up there without some form of trauma in your life so i don't blame people because a lot of this trauma when people experience it they're experiencing it as children and they don't have anybody no control over it too. they have no control over yeah, it yeah. you know the people who are supposed to be protecting them are a lot of times the people who are doing it to them right and, and then that skews their whole viewpoint right. of the world the rest of their well, life. Well, and how could it not? So when I see this guy, I don't, I don't fault him. I don't, I don't look at him. It's hard because that said, well, you, you can't use it as a as a cop out either. But. Right. You, you'll have your first judgment. Everyone, you know, has their first interaction with someone. They're going to have judgments. But that empathy you have where you're able to look at someone and see. It balances their, it You out. see their past and or not you see it in your head. Sure. You visualize what this past. And everyone's one step away from committing a felony and going to jail or one step away from going bankrupt and being becoming a bum. You never know what's going to sure. happen in there, your life. For the grace of God, go I. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and I'm not saying that in a religious sense. <laughs> you, you get the point that I mean. But but that that visual of, of seeing people's kind of their past is, is something that I experienced a lot when I, I spent a year in prison and you see every type of walk of life imaginable. And you say, how is this 105 pound little kid who's 18 years old serving 15 years for stabbing someone. You know what I mean? Like what the hell happened here? And you know, it ends up the guy's yeah, you know, father was diddling with him or something. So there's there's really everyone has this backstory. It's never like people aren't just born like that sociopath and just, okay, I'm gonna go commit crimes. You know, so what thank I mean? you for saying that. And this this is great because I even think I've asked you this question on our previous podcast. Yeah. yeah and right. this is a topic that I think about a lot. And recently I posted again because I watched the documentary about the uh, Night Stalker. And I posted, you know, do you think evil exists in this world or is it just sickness? And it's funny because some people took offense, like, what, so sick people have to kill people? It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But, 
you know, is there this metaphysical evil, you're just born evil, or by and large, is it the result of some recipe of experience or trauma coupled with substance abuse, coupled with sometimes physical, you know. And and, and going back the word trauma, so let's let's take it out of the realm of, say, a, 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 an abuse by another person. Someone can have a brain injury, Gary Busey or something. You no, know what I mean? You, you don't have no idea well, what Well, I think happened. they even said with him that he had been beaten so many times that he had some issue like that Gary as Busey? Well. I don't know about Gary Busey. Oh, 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 that's Night Stalker yeah. killer. Got you. Right. You heard it here first. Gary Busey has been implicated <laughs> in the Night Stalker murders. We've got it firsthand from, no, no, the Night Stalker. But, but yeah, people have, you know, uh, mental issues. They could have been dropped on their head as a kid and you don't know. You know what I mean? And then you're just judging their deeds because they're another human being walking this earth, but you're not seeing how they got to that point. But it's funny because you can then start to do that with everybody. You can then start to do that with police officers. You can then start to do that with, you know, the black culture, you can then start to do that with. Right. So it's important to empathize with all these people, but you don't always have to sympathize with these people. You know what I mean? For sure. But I, so anytime I'm making a judgment or I'm deciding where to put someone in my mind, I definitely do a quick overview of what, what happened here. And so, you know, to answer the question, uh, is, is he, I'm sure he's more than his face tattoos and his teeth and everything else. Although I don't hold out much hope for uh, him getting past that in his life. I think you're the exception uh, in a lot of ways. You know, you've been able to get through a part in your life. And I'm not equating you to to him. But, (laughs) I mean, you, you know, if someone met you at that point in your life and met you today, it would be hard for them to rectify those two people. Would you agree? Man, I... uh... I randomly looked up my name just a few days ago and uh, some website still has my arrest from 2011. Right. So we're going on 10 years ago. I I cried. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not the same person. I don't look the same. I was breaking out bad. I was uh, bloated. My pupils were tired. I was doped out. I was just, just got arrested for the felony that would take me to prison, but I was doped out in the picture. And I just looked at it and I was like, who the fuck was this person? You know what I mean? Well, imagine too, seeing, seeing yourself that like meeting yourself then now oh yeah yeah like what would you do like would you hug yourself would you beat your you know, I, I would i would just let myself know that you got this the weird thing is the whole time i was in the deepest of my addiction and everything i never let it fully consume me it consumes me but i always had this part in the back of my head that said this isn't going to be the rest kind of like with the alcoholism right you're You've not going to choose see past it. you're not going to have this the rest of your life this is something you're going through and I think that's what got me out of it. Yeah. Is some people just admit it. Okay, I'm going to be the junkie for the rest of my life. And then they live that life. And, you know, I could have very easily just been a a robber and a thief and a criminal my whole life. You know what I mean? I, I was I was I I was there, but in the back of my head, I never let that idea go that no, I'm I am more of a person than that. And we talked a good deal about how, what what you feel got you to that point in your life when we did your first podcast. So I don't want to, you know, rehash that, but um, it's funny because now looking at you, knowing you, as I do this version of you, you have so many things going for you, but it's, you know, it's, you know, you see these people and I I was just thinking this, I was, I was in a court earlier. Well, in court means on my laptop and zoom court, but I, 
I, I'm starting to hear names again. Like I've been doing this long enough now. I'm uh, like recognizing repeat offenders names, people who I haven't even represented. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that person. You did, you know. So that happened to me when I was going in and out of the court system. I'd be like, oh, you got a new charge. You're in court again. You know, I was arrested. Well, it's like true. The judges get to know three. you. The yeah, bailiffs get yeah, to know yeah, you. The attorney. And it's yeah. funny. In a lot of ways, it's almost a collegial relationship. I mean, I've even seen it in, you know, not you know, my when I get to go to the jail and visit people. They're it's almost like coworkers, the inmates and the the the, the some of the, the officers get they do get to know these people and they'll be like, Jack, what the fuck are you doing with the fifth DUI? You yeah, know what I mean? They yeah, know like, these people's stories. Together. Yeah. And, stuff. and they and there is a there is a care, there is a there is like and a weird respect. Some there. are assholes and stuff. But I remember one time I was in jail and I'll never forget this guy, super nice guard, uh, officer or whatever, and he at the end of every night he would have to turn off the lights and he would always have a quote. And one quote he did was the uh, Winston Churchill just Never, never, never give up. He's That's like, you, awesome. you guys all have a good night and please just think about your future. That's great. And, and you know what I mean? I And he says it, he probably said it every night to every place he went, you know, every time he worked and it stuck with me and maybe it stuck with someone else too. And all, it took him 10 seconds to say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other guards are like, all right, you pieces of shit, get to bed. See you next time you get well, a rent. Right. You'll be back. You'll be back. Yeah. You hear that all the time. You know what I mean? Well, and so that's another thing. So we're just going to solve life problems today as, as, <laughs> as well as promote stuff. But, you know, there was a, a, a guy that I went to law school with and I, he and I keep in touch. You would love him. He's very, he's very literate and loves art and is very much a thinker and all this other stuff. But he just talked about these little, little acts of grace that you can do in your day and just scatter them out. And you never know the impact that a smile that you give someone else could have on them. A compliment I mean, they could, or something. They could be thinking yeah. about killing themselves yep. or who knows what. And just these little acts of kindness can, you know, land with such a greater volume than you're giving them, putting them out into the world. And so if everybody just kind of had some outward thinking instead of inward thinking day to day. You right. Know. And going back to like thinking, putting yourself in someone else's shoes and understanding what these people are going through. You don't know what they're going through. So don't fuck with your day mm -hmm. more. That a big thing. I was, I learned that from a restaurant manager who was training me back when I ran restaurants. And he said, you know, imagine you're having the worst day of your life and all you want to do is go have your favorite hamburger. Yeah. And the order comes out wrong. The hamburger's cold. Now, the one thing that was going to make you happy just got fucked up. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we're just here ser serving food. It's just a restaurant. It's just a burrito. But you don't know that person is coming in there because that is what's going to make them happy. So how do you facilitate their happiness? You don't get, fuck up. You know what time, I mean? Yeah. So, and, and that was like an eye-opening thing. We're like, man, we can fuck up someone's day so easy. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of put me on a couple different planes of thought. One is, did you ever see the movie or heard of the movie, uh, The Cooler with William H. Macy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it back in the day. I barely remember it. But well, no, I know, yeah. Every time he would stand next to people at the uh, roulette or any of the, the casinos. casinos would hire him <laughs> yeah. to basically kill someone's momentum <laughs> yep, on yep. a table. I am the cooler for restaurants, items that I love. Anytime there's something that I love at a restaurant. They're out it's of it. Take, or that's taken off the menu a week uh -huh. later. <laughs> that happens to me invariably. So you mentioned uh, when you worked in restaurants. So are you completely doing your thing now or are you yeah completely, okay. completely doing my thing now and um, uh you know it, it covid it was tough and everything but I, i'm lucky i'm fortunate i don't have that much overhead you know well so so you're bringing up covid i think this is a good point this is something i kind of want to talk about a little bit because uh you know i've developed to some degree uh you know a uh 
a direction with this podcast that at least for me, I like to talk to artists. I like to have artists on. I love the musicians and these sorts of things. And with COVID, uh, obviously, you know, still you can't have the live experience of going to see these things, whether uh, it's, you know, Brian Schaefer having skateboard competitions at Skate Park of Tampa or Tom. I know he's starting to have shows at his place, but still you just can't have that experience. So it seems to me that there should be or there would be a, a much bigger emphasis on how do you reach people you know who can't come out and see you and you know obviously the access the obstacle to entry with music videos a lot of time is budget you know a lot of these yeah. bands especially right now if they're not touring they just don't have the money to put into it but um i'm i i wish people would call you reach out to you and meet with you and say you know we we want to have something out there for our fans to see whether it's you know, uh, like some some bands have been doing like a Mr. Bungle is just the one that comes to the top of my head. They did a live concert on Zoom, though. Um, good production, good sound. And I, you know, it was available for only like three nights. You could get a password login and see it. And they had like guest appearances and all this other stuff. And they really put some thought and time into it. And I enjoyed it so much. I mean, it wasn't quite the the experience of going to a concert. But it was as close as I was going to get. And that's the type of thing that I think, apart and aside from music videos, you could offer to people. I know there, there's a few spots trying to do stuff like that. The Ghost Motel, um, they do kind of a live video stream thing. Sometimes they'll pre-record it and then play it. Or sometimes they'll just have the bands play live. But it, they're really... There really is a a need for bands to just promote themselves visually nowadays. You know, this is the age of Instagram and Facebook and stuff. You know what I mean? Like Instagram, it, if Facebook, you don't have a video, Snapchat, TikTok, no one's you know, yeah, it's all yeah. it's all going towards less the written the written message and more the visual message. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Um, so uh and then the other thing, and I don't even know if this is business that you want, but now and again, I have people uh, reach out to me and say, you know, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. You know, can I ask you some questions? And 90% of the time is call Mike because he, yeah, I've talked to a few of them. Well, yeah. right. It's always how do you, you know, produce it or how do you upload it or what platforms do you put it on or any of these things? And I was like, I don't fucking know. I give it to Mike and <laughs> yeah. he does it. You know, all I do is press record on a computer and talk to folks and then he handles it from there. So, I mean, personally, I, I don't know if this is business you want, but it seems like it's pretty assembly line. Like, you know, it, it, no, it is. I, I've got it down with, with the audio wise. And, and, you know, I started out as a, a camera guy, but just through doing short films, I learned a lot about audio editing and the people that you've had reach out to me. I know uh, one guy, I can't remember his name. He wanted to do more of like a a, a, a narrative podcast that went over stories and then had guests on to talk yeah. about the stories. And that's just out of my realm, way sure. too much production, contacting all these people and then putting all these clips together and stuff. Right. So, you know, this, this straightforward kind of dialogue is super easy. Well, you know and what I mean? not to, not to say what a podcast should or shouldn't be, but you know, for, for my, for my purposes, the whole, the whole point of this is a conversation, you know, and so uh, people can get cute and every now and again i'll have people on who'll play music and you 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 zhuzh it up to make it sound as good as as you can and you did a great job i mean nowicki um tyler tyler Foy had yeah, a good that song, song yeah. still man yeah. like Gloff, uh you know uh 
before you were doing the production. But having a performance on a radio show, I consider this radio almost, you know, and having yeah. a performance, that's, that's old, is old school. You know what I mean? That that's people have been doing that forever. That's how kind of interview things go. You have a, a guest on who's a musician, have them play a song, you know what right. I mean? But when it comes to building a narrative around, just say, for example, I think the story the guy wanted to do was- Was the, it Gavitorta? Was it the, the business? The serial killer in oh. uh, Seminole Heights. And he wanted to do a story about that and then have people on that lived in the area and interviewed them. It's almost like, them. Uh, what was it, and, Serial or whatever? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that was the example he used. They had and, an NPR's and, budget, which it, although right. it took, got fucking slashed big time by <laughs> Trump, it's still more than what- But I told him for me, that would take up a, a, a week. You'd have to yeah. pay me a salary like a producer. You know what I mean? Right. I can't, I just couldn't devote that time to it. But I, I'm, you know- I'm open to. So if you I, guys are, if people listening, you know, I, I, you know, I encourage podcasts and I'm an open book. You know, I have very little knowledge, but to the extent I have knowledge or experience about it, I'm happy to talk about it to anybody. But if I can, if you can take away one thing, it's fucking call Mike and hire him to do your <laughs> shit for you. Cause he can take your bullshit sound and, and make it sound <laughs> halfway decent and he can throw the stuff the music on that you want he's able to you know get it on the platforms that you want to get it on and, and and do all that stuff so i mean personally you know it may not be uh shangri-la as far as your artistic vision but you know what, what's the thing that clooney always says is with, with the studios uh, one one for them one for me yeah you know i do scorsese a, I, said that well too. i'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah you know i'll do a big budget one so it can finance my yeah. other other stuff and i mean um, are you working on any films right now? Um, so I'm editing. I know you were trying to get money together to yeah, produce one. God, I want to thank everyone who donated to the survival GoFundMe. I got 600 bucks. The total budget was 750 on the film, so it wasn't that much out of pocket. I know, like Tom threw me a hundred. My buddy Mark Wolfson threw me a hundred. Like my friends, I can't thank my friends enough. My friends acted in it for free. Um, my one buddy, Jason Klein came out and his part, he had to be kind of like a dirty barbarian. Sure. So he rubbed dirt all over him. So I didn't ask him to. Right. He's like, oh, I'm just trying to get into the part. I'm like, my fucking friends are great, bro. Who else has friends that come out? And you do have great friends. You do have great friends. You, there's, you do have great friends, you know, between creative loafing and Achilles and all these other people like. Supportive and just But down. there's just this big pot pourri, pot pourri, potpourri, potpourri of just amazing talented folks around eclectic here. and yeah. and it's still i i just don't think it is known as much as it should be and maybe it shouldn't be i don't know maybe it's better when it's not because i don't know but i, I just feel like there's the ingredients here for a movement well a huge it, it'll take that one band blowing up essentially or that one act kind of blowing up and representing tampa so like imagine like what the grunge scene did for seattle or something you know what i mean there is a very vibrant artistic scene in the Tampa Bay area because don't forget St. Pete is is starting to boom with stuff you know uh Ebor there's always something going on in Ebor so the whole metropolitan Tampa Bay area there's so much artistry and just creative I just love people. to see someone pull it together you know I've talked I had that conversation with Sean. Collect collectives you know it's well, tough. so 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 I was talking to Sean Kyle and I think I was talking to Sean O'Brien and Joe DeCunto who wasn't on the show he was supposed to be on the show but we had to reschedule come but. on Joe are you friends with him? Yeah, yeah. We're, Tell him we're to fucking friendly. get off we're his friendly, ass and man. come in. He <laughs> fucking canceled on me. Joe's a good guy, though. Um, but uh, I know, I know. Bust some balls. But um, almost, you know, I I wish there was a big draw venue here. Um, you know, for a while, it's too small, I think. But uh, Janice Landing was kind of that. But something like a Grand Ole Opry, not that type of music, but a destination venue like a Red Rocks or a, 
you know, there's whatever the clubs are, you know, in New York, you know, something like that, that people would make a specific point of coming to play at, but would also play local bands. And of course, with COVID now, that's yeah. probably pushed off two to three more years down from whatever timeline it might have been on. But um, I was talking to somebody this weekend and they were saying that, uh, was it Daryl Shaw? I forget who it was, but. They're still buying up property around Ebor, half expecting to get the raise over there at some point down really? the Really? Yeah, like they haven't stopped, you know, prospecting on property. So it depends who's in office, you know what I mean? So but, maybe but, wait I mean, for an election. If you if you could put that there and make it a, you know, like a Wrigleyville type of situation, like in Chicago where there's rooftop bars, music venues, like that would just we've got the ability to do it. And the thing that I always I always worry about is the fucking weather you know but then i'm like if miami can do it and atlanta can do it then tampa can do it you know yeah and it, well and then well building the stadium would be a, that would be you know 10 years before the whole thing is finalized like the whole idea of building bars around it and stuff you know what i mean because they they tried well look at where the stadium is now nothing built up around it you know what i mean so who amelie or uh the current race St. Pete? yeah there's nothing around there. There's nothing, you know what I mean? There's so, a, but there's a, I hear what you're saying and I don't disagree it would have with to you. build to the stadium almost, the bars. You know but not mean? if you or, put it, not if you put it near Ebor. Yeah. You the, know. I, I've heard from some Ebor bar owners, they don't want it there. Well. They don't like that idea. I, 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 who, I and then, and, and who the fuck am I? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I could be, I could be the but, worst But in order ever, to help bands, what you did say was that touring bands need to have more local bands on their act on their their tour to open form you know what i mean and that's really people can get the audience because that's right. the ultimate goal is you get your music in front of people that would go follow you and whatnot and then their local people going to see a big act but their local people that would go see you next weekend at the blue note i know? just there's so many of these bands that like i never would have known about but for the show just kind of the domino effect of meeting this person the other person but i mean you know Five, ten years ago, like if you were to look at my Spotify playlist, it was all, you know, nationally known stuff. But now it's like so much local stuff. I mean, I, I you know, I geek out over fucking Elliot, who's right next to, well, no, he's, he's homesick today, but I love his music. You got to do a vacancy or a wreath uh, video. Let's do it, man. I'm oh, down. Shit, I want to do as many videos as I possible. Want you to, and I want you to work with Wolfface. I mean, we've had so yeah. many good ideas about that. Um, that, that's a band wolf face i mean they uh they have that little commercial they did i don't mean to say little well, look, but they they have a lot of exposure but you know it, what's do they even do local shows anymore when was the last time they played tampa they well so they were supposed to do the pre-fest or whatever at tom's place last summer that got canceled because of covid they were at the the local uh VA, not VA, whatever. VFW? Yeah. Uh, that was the last time I saw them play. They played the fest before COVID. They did their uh, Misfit set, which, have you ever watched that on YouTube? No. Oh, so much fun. They're, well, and and I have it on good authority. They were going to do a minor threat one last year, but it fucking, because of COVID, got canceled. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just so much fun, this shit that they do. And they're so visually you know it's a show they're a they're show. a show yeah, yeah. exactly and i love that about them but but I mean, but i love the vfw they're playing the vfw too but they also have this huge following it's so they weird. went and played the you know? what's the big festival that's south florida that um 
Wicketachi, not Wicket. Um, Okeechobee Music Festival. They play the Okeechobee Music okay, Festival. That's yeah. yeah, they yeah, play. Yeah. I mean, they played with some big bands. And then who was on? But I feel like they should be national. They should be on MTV too. They should be. You know what I mean? They, their videos are oh, hilarious. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, and they, then Joe Kaiser. That's another one. So I don't know. If, I know you produced it, but I don't know how much you listened to it. But Joe is Slap Reality. Um, he and his son Joey, who Joey said he'd come on soon. They've got this band, The Path, that are fucking rad. They. I don't know. I'll, 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 we don't need to air our dirty laundry here on the show, but I've got tons of people that <laughs> I, I would love to see you you work with. So, um, do you? Which do you have a name for your? Wh- what do we call it? Is it a studio? Is it a production? What are what are we calling your 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 vessel? Michael M. Sinclair. Okay, that's well, it. All right, that's it. Yeah, and how do people <laughs> find you? Uh, just go to Facebook, Michael M. Sinclair. Okay. Yeah. Or Instagram, a, Michael M. Sinclair. Website or email address or? I'm not going to. Well, yeah, 79 I'm Studio old. 79. I'm old. What's your beeper number? At yeah, Gmail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want my TikTok? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean. I don't have TikTok, by the way. That was a joke. I have no idea. I had TikTok for a while and it depressed the fuck out of me. Because <laughs> again, I kept seeing my daughter and all these girls in yoga pants doing oh, their, God. their bullshit yeah. dances. And I was like, oh, this is just. And that's bust. just the norm now, you know. Oh, it's so bad. Well, at one point I was trying to figure out how to market a law firm on TikTok because um, who's the big guru that. Um, Gary V. Yeah, Vanderchuk. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was talking about the biggest social media platforms to promote your business. And he's a big fan of TikTok and LinkedIn. And he said, it may not be TikTok, but that structure is going to be the wave of the future for social media. So if you can figure out how to promote your business. And my buddy Bruce Denson does it, but people are fucking bored of You almost got to hire someone to be a content creator because yeah. that's the thing. It, it and kind of let's go for full circle. It's again with say people starting up in a band or hip hop. It's uh, how much content are you creating? You know, so you start a TikTok. Yeah, you post five times a week at first, and then it's once a week, and then it's once a month, and then you're like, oh shit. But matter. a lot of these successful businesses or comedians I know are using TikTok a lot. They have a guy that's helping them. You sure. know what I mean? That's helping them create content, c- content, coming up with the ideas, posting it for them because that's a full time job now. Social media management. You right. know what I mean? That is a profession now. Right. Well, folks, uh, Mike is a peach. I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big fan of all his work. Um, I, if you, if you're looking to get a video out there, if you're looking to do a live performance out there, another thing when we were planning our concert, our barely legal concert last fall at Tom at Crowbar, we were talking to Mike about basically creating a concert video. If that's something that you want, I mean, Again, if you're looking to do a podcast and just need someone to help you get it on the platforms or help you with the sound, he's right here in our backyard. He's 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 got the skill. I mean, who else do you know locally that have got their movies playing on Amazon Prime? So um, <laughs> he definitely has the uh, foundation, the skill set to uh, make your vision come true. You're he's, way too kind. Man. No, I'm way, not. Way I'm, I, I, I'm not even kind enough. I should come up with more uh, more. Uh, you know, compliments, but, uh, in any event, um, he's, he's, a, he's an amazing artist. He's done great work. Keep an eye out for his videos that he did with Vetno, fear the spider, check out the movie. He did two weeks with Tom, two weeks with Tom, on, the documentary on Amazon prime. He's got a series of videos that he's done with blade of Surtur. survival is coming out in two months. My newest short film survival's coming out 
Uh, the what was the Steppenwolf called again? Lonesome Wolf. Lonesome Wolf. That's all on YouTube. On YouTube, and uh, stay tuned for my rap video with Michael Sinclair, which <laughs> which is on the way. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. Have I a good appreciate one. Appreciate it.